Here's what's coming up on this week's show. And I don't know whether it's just the way that my mind works, but I've just got visions of you standing there with your arm in the air, <laughs> trying to get something to stick to your armpit. How does, how does that smell? <laughs> Are you sweating yet? I'm sorry, I had to say it. The beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. And I've got a question for you, Claire, uh, quite a, um, a, a serious question. Uh-oh. Someone was asking me this the other day who was thinking about starting their own podcast. And their question to me was, is it worth all the bother? We're into our 20s as far as episodes are concerned. Um, is it worth all the bother, Claire? Well... <laughs> What can I say? I think that's the answer. That's that's the only answer I need. (laughs) What can I say? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. A huge learning curve. You don't know till you try it. Um, But yeah, enjoy every moment of it. And I have a very patient co-host, so that helps No, bless you. Uh, We've spoken about this a few times um, because we're obviously talking about a specific... Uh, subject. We're talking about small businesses and we're talking to people who can help small businesses to grow. Um, there's a lot of commonality about some of the themes that are coming up. Lots of different people are saying the same things or touching on the same topics. You could almost write a list of the five favourite things that people talk about when it comes to growing a small business, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many things that keep cropping back up. You know, maybe obviously mentioned in different ways, but what's really interesting is from different people, from different backgrounds and different experiences, but there is always, you know, the common denominator... I can't say that word. Denominators. (laughs) It's almost like we're starting to play big little business show bingo (laughs) which one is it going to be next (laughs) yeah we'll have to have a have a bet have a bet on let's see what crops up this week so every week we interview entrepreneurs and business owners who are experts within their field to share their top tips advice and guidance with us and what are we going to be talking about this week then paul how to grow a business from your kitchen table so we're talking to uh, a guy called brett sanders who within five years has gone from a small idea to a big product that actually is in nationwide stores now. From his kitchen table. So him and his wife started this idea from home and now this product you can go and buy on the high street. This is the Big Little Business Show. I started my career in the fitness industry. From there, I was learning all about the body, how to get people fit through movement and exercise. And while you're then learning about nutrition, you're learning about what you're putting in your body. Mm -hmm. So it was all a big focus on organic food and and where the animals that you're eating, if you're eating animals, of course, are where that's coming from. The next step to that was not just what you're putting in your body, but what you're putting on your body. So at the time, uh, my now ex-wife, we went gung-ho and we decided, okay, we're going to cut all of the commercial products that contain chemicals in them. We're going to cut them out of our life. So at the time, we're talking now probably seven or eight years ago, we did this and there wasn't a huge amount of things, products on the market. So you sort of were left to your own devices. We found a few things. The deodorants that we found that were on the market at the time, they didn't actually work. So I was still working in fitness, getting sweaty, getting hot, getting up close and personal with a lot of clients. And the deodorants, I'd swapped my commercial deodorant for, they weren't effective. So I found mm. myself having to go to the change rooms every couple of hours to you know, have a little wash and reapply. And it, it wasn't any good. So 
we decided, okay, we're going to make our own deodorant. And this was with no business intention. It was literally just for ourselves. And I'll tell you what, it, it might sound really cliche, but it, it was a life changer. I, the confidence levels to actually have a deodorant that you'd apply in the morning, you'd be sweaty all day long at the gym, and then you go home and you still wouldn't smell was just uh, quite, couldn't believe it. And I still sometimes can't believe it. And what we then realized in this moment was that it's one thing to choose to go for a natural or organic product, but if it doesn't do the same job as mm -hmm. the commercial version, then it's, it's pointless, really. And then thought, well, why don't we try and turn this into a business? Could you take us back to when you first sat maybe at your kitchen table and thought, right, let's try and create something. Can you remember that moment and take us back to that? Because I wouldn't know where to start. I can remember it very well. It was it was less in the in the kitchen on the kitchen table and more in the bathroom, which I think is great. <laughs> oh, we're getting a picture here. <laughs> we we did a little bit of research on the internet and found a few things that were antibacterial because we did some research and realized that actually body odor comes from bacteria that proliferates and found some antibacterial ingredients and sort of just put them together with no real methodology to be honest just put them all in mix them up and see how it goes but we then changed it multiple times I thought okay well what if we change this up this reduce this and we now have three different formulas for different skin types that all things that we've learned along the way that worked and didn't work um, to the point where yeah where we are now see this is I mean we're talking today about uh, as Claire mentioned, growing a business from your kitchen table. And because you, you've gone from that idea, which would have been, I'm guessing, what, maybe probably about six years ago, Brett? Yep, so maybe seven, yep. So, yeah, so now we've got a product that's in major stores. So there's been a huge, not only learning how to, like you say, how to make the product in the first place, understanding about different skin types and how uh, how we get smelly in the first place and all that kind of stuff. But from a business perspective, that must have been a huge learning curve. It, it was. It was enormous. It's not just the product, but as, as business owners yourself, you know that you wear all of the hats at first. And you, you've got to uh, not only formulating the product ourselves, but also then getting safety reports done and then registering it with the proper authorities and then you've got to get the labeling done and the labeling has to meet certain standards. And then you've got the tax and accounting on top of that. It's, you know, our first run of labels, we got completely wrong. We, we didn't put the right uh, nomenclature on there and that was all wrong. So we had to dump those and start again. Um, so it really has been a learning curve, not just then, but now every, every day uh, there's something new. And I was talking to somebody not long ago who was trying to start another business similarly from home. And everything they were saying, it was a lot of fear around not knowing what to do. And so I just said to them, you, you don't know what to do, but you learn. We're in a position now, we're more fortunate in 2020 than ever before with the level of information out there. It's not just libraries anymore, is it? It's, you know, the internet is every single piece of information you could possibly ever want. I love to learn and find the right way to do things. So that really helped me to do that. But also the willingness to actually get it wrong uh, sometimes and um, learn and do it better next time. Yeah, and this is often talked about in business, isn't it? That actually when you do make a mistake, it's not a negative. It's actually one step closer to your ultimate goal as to where you're heading. So it's a learning curve. And I think you're a perfect example of that. Um, so really, you were learning a business and producing a product 
for the very first time without any other experience so and as you said you know what sort of emotions did you feel we talked about fear um was there anything else that you could maybe suggest to people or share with people prior to this business i'd had another few businesses during that time that i i thought were going to work i thought they were great ideas a couple of websites and things and and they didn't work for a variety of reasons all of those things that i learned during that time i've now been able to put into the, the new business that, that did work. The emotions when I started this business were far less hopeful than when I started the previous ones. So I think being burnt a few times did give me a degree of pessimism. I think I was a lot more grounded this time. Let's put it that way. Now, obviously, there have been some bumps in the road. Every business has got bumps in the road. And we'll come on to those. Uh, there was one major bump in the road while you were going through all this process. And that's the fact that your now ex-wife was obviously your wife when you started the natural deodorant company. So she is now your ex-wife, but she is now also your business partner, which is a really interesting dynamic. And a lot of people must think, well, how does that work? Uh, so how does that work? It's it's definitely uh, something like you say to point out that it was a bump in the road at the time when it happened um, but uh, yeah, we're 50 50 business partners and it actually works very well to be honest it, we have two children together so we've always remained when we separated we separated amicably as friends and we wanted to remain friends remain on great terms for the children business aside but having staying on good terms for the children allowed us to then stay on terms with the business as well. And the business is obviously our, our careers and our, our income and our future, and then potentially the children's future as well. So we are almost always on the same page with the direction the business is going in. We both operate different areas of the business. So naturally, as with any uh, business working relationship there's conversations and debates to, to have but um, it works yeah it works very very well so I was just thinking about going back to you said you made uh, quite a few attempts and uh, mistakes to get it get it right you know from that very first time in the bathroom and I don't know whether it's just the way that my mind works but I've just got visions of you standing there with your arm in the air <laughs> trying to get something to stick to your armpit how does, how does that smell <laughs> are you sweating yet I'm sorry I had to say it it's, it's actually something yeah you, you laugh but you have to yeah you have to take a bit of time to formulate it because you can't just you don't know see it's a serious question Paul yeah no it is it's very <laughs> funny I, and now now I can't get that that idea out of my head I can all I can see is you Brett with your, your ex wife sitting in the kitchen smell my armpit is it is it is it minging yet well, you can, yeah that's it you can't you can't get an instant reaction can you it has to be you know you have to test it across a day and then a week and then you know, see how long it's going to last but I imagine as well it's a, it was the consistency of it because if it was too like a liquid you'd have to chuck it on and hope it got to the right place <laughs> definitely you're not wrong it's yeah it's the combination of making sure it's effective but also making sure it's it feels like a luxury product that people want to apply uh, to their bodies and it does i've tried it it's a great product it, 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 it's fantastic and testament to you for for all that trial and error in your bathroom thank you laurie comes from a background in beauty so working largely with the commercial beauty companies when we got married and then she ended up working for an organic beauty company in london so she's got that background as well. So it, did, it wasn't just purely my fitness and then 
uh, nutrition background going into this, she brought that to the table as well. So it, it was a it was a partnership that works well for the business. Yeah, there's a real combination of skills that have come together to make this happen. So it's kind of a it's a, it's almost a perfect meeting of minds, isn't it? Yes, definitely, it works well. I think what, another interesting question to ask is how you found the challenge of getting your products into the bigger retailers because now you're in places like Holland and Barrett, and I noticed Selfridges as well. Yes, um, and to be able to do that within five years from something that you experimented with in your bathroom that's yeah it's a big journey so and and also a big leap to get into the bigger retailers so uh, how did that process happen and how did you find working with the bigger retailers fortunately um touch wood now the um the bumps in the road the the separation and divorce was most definitely the largest one the other bumps in the road around the business have been very few and far between and actually most of our retailers, not all of them, but most of our retailers, I can't quite remember for Selfridges and Holden and Barrett, but most of them came to us. And uh, wow, I don't want to, I, I don't want to sort of sound too braggy, but I think that stands testament to the product itself, and it works. Um, so when it when it works, then the word spreads and people talk about it and refer to their friends and uh, it goes from there. You had quite a bit of press as well, didn't you? You got into some beauty magazines and, and obviously you won an award as well, which we can talk about later. Yes. So I guess all that exposure has helped had helped the uh, bigger brands to recognise who you were. That's right. So I, I couldn't answer the question as to where these brands find us, probably through social media, I'd imagine. But it could be, yeah, the press, whether it's online or physical. How do I apply it? Um, is it is it with a roll or a? How do how do I apply it? Our deodorants come in a glass jar, which you apply like you would a moisturiser to any other part of your body, but under your arms. Oh, I'm lucky in this. I don't know where or why it happened in the first place, but we somehow decided we were going to apply deodorant from a distance, whether it was via a spray or a roll-on as an applicator, with a roll-on as the applicator. And to me, that makes no sense. It's just another, you you put moisturiser on your face, on your legs, on your arms, and wherever you want. But we decided that we're not going to touch our underarms. I don't remember when it was, but we partnered up with the breast cancer awareness charity, Copperfield, a few years ago now. And uh, Copperfield, they send out reminders to people who sign up for their alerts, uh, reminding them to check themselves. So we frequently get messages from our customers who say, I signed up for your alerts or using your deodorants and and applying under my arms actually allowed me to become more aware of that part of my body. Um, Some people finding uh, finding lumps, they sometimes benign, sometimes actually need uh, attention. When we get those messages, it's something that makes us really step back and think that we're actually doing something something very good in the world and not just uh, just creating yet another product. There must have been a real, uh, a really unexpected byproduct of what you do. Yes, I'll be honest. It certainly wasn't the initial plan, but it's uh, something that's come and, and we're very, very grateful for it. Let's talk about that award for a second, because that's an, that, that's an interesting one, because I think from the outside looking in, some people don't realise how the award process works. You have to apply. Sometimes there's a fee. And so it's not quite as as organic as, as people might expect. Absolutely. So you must have gone into that award thinking, well, if we win this award, this could actually be really good for our business. So talk us through what happened and how that how winning that award sort of gave you a leg up. Yeah, well, you're right. Um, almost every single time you see any product win an award that's sponsored by a company or a publication, most of the time they have entered those awards. 
Uh, not all the time, because we have also won other awards that we haven't entered. Uh, but a lot of the time, the big ones, if they've, if they've got a sponsorship attached to them, they are the company has entered them. Now, it doesn't. I don't want to take anything away from winners, ourselves included, because usually what you do is you have to then, you're pitted against all of the other um, companies who've entered, and you go through a judging process and then a voting process. So that was the awards we entered last year was the Beauty Awards sponsored by ASOS. And yes, we won our category. Did not expect to win at all. Absolutely peak moment of career to that point. And following that, uh, that then granted us uh, a meeting with ASOS about stocking our products. Unfortunately, the pan pandemic hits literally about uh, three or four weeks following that. So uh, we're still waiting to hear back on that one. Uh, but following that, we also did see a massive jump in sales because we got press from it. And, and that was... Uh, the real upshot of that. It's worth going through that process, isn't it? Definitely get worth applying for an award because when you win, that, that yeah, that's a real big, um, that's a real big, big business card, isn't it? It is. It is, and I, you know, I don't think anything uh, less of companies who you know, pay to enter to go into awards because if you do win it, you've still beaten out all of the other people who did a, did enter it as well. We often can reflect back and identify a time where we thought, do you know what we've gone to something here. I think we've we've got this. Could you remember when that moment was? I can't actually. Do you think it might have been maybe the, with maybe the award or whether when when you know you had that first day where you put the deodorant on and then you still didn't smell at the end of the day? <laughs> Probably both of those. There's been a lot actually. There's been a lot of moments when you know it could be a, a famous person posts about us online or something like that. We had Fern Cotton was a big vocal fan of ours probably a couple of years ago, two, three years ago. She then invited us to her Happy Place Festival. That that was a big one for me, actually, because you take somebody somebody of that position of celebrity, they have the choice to uh, buy or even get given pretty much any product they want. And somebody like Fern Cotton, we, we didn't send her the products. She was a genuine customer, genuinely impressed with our products and off her own back posted that to her however many hundreds of thousands or possibly millions of fans so i think that might have been the biggest one where i was like oh my god i can't i believe we've got to this point from starting at our kitchen table over the last five years it's kind of almost been like climbing a staircase isn't it there's not been one big leap to the top there's been lots of little wins along the way which has helped you to grow like you're saying about the celebrity endorsement and the uh, getting into big retailers winning the awards uh, refining the way the, the product works um it, yeah, it's really interesting how it seems to have grown in, from the outside you think wow five years and you've done all this that's amazing but that it, it, it has been a gradual growth throughout the way through hasn't it it has, yeah. I remember the, f the first month was about fifty pounds of sales, um, and and it just sort of, like you say, staircased up from there. What about the manufacturing process then, Brett? How has how have you managed to scale that up? Because obviously, it's it's a far cry from making it in your bathroom. Yes. So we about two or three years in, we uh, rented uh, our first units. Uh, so we went from doing everything at home to doing it in our first premises. Uh, we had a custom built kitchen made there. Uh, we thought, okay, we're never going to fill this unit. We're never going to outgrow this. This is enormous. And uh, a year later, we realized we had no space and did the same thing again in a space twice the size. And we're now approaching the time where that's, we're going to outgrow that as well. Um, 
And we are also you know, working with another company who we are outsourcing some manufacturing to. It wasn't kitchen table to massive warehouse. It was kitchen table to smaller warehouse to bigger warehouse. And then there will be another one coming quite soon. Wow, that's amazing. So um, did you start off with one product uh, for people that maybe are looking at setting up and creating a product? Did you start with just the one or did you have a selection that people could choose from? What would be your advice if people are looking at developing their own product? We did just start with one and I would recommend that. The challenges of having multiple products is is quite large for for a variety of reasons, especially if you're trying to keep costs low uh, in the beginning. If you've got a lot of different products, then you've got to uh, you've got to buy all of those different products in bulk, and it's just going to take off your bottom line. So we started off with the one, and then when we felt we were able to do that, uh, go up to another product, we added that, and gradually and gradually, we've now got twelve different products and more to come probably in the next three to six months. If I asked you for like three big lessons you've learned in the last five years, building the natural deodorant company up, what what do you think they would be? Work hard, (laughs) work harder, and then work even harder. (laughs) It's probably as simple as that. If, If you've got a good product or a good service, depending on what you're offering, it's almost your duty to keep pushing that forward. I appreciate the work smart element to things as well. But without working hard, working smart doesn't even help. I guess belief it has to be. I know you said you you went into this whole thing with a bit of an open mind, having been burnt a few times before. But you must have have had in the sort of pit of your stomach some sort of belief that this was actually going to work. If you're not passionate about it, then it's not going to happen, is it? I don't know, Paul, actually. I I do understand what you're saying. I don't want to be too disagreeable. Oh, do it. It's great. um, (laughs) No, no, that's fine. We just just won't invite you back. (laughs) I I don't think I did have that belief at the early stages of this business. Again, being burnt, I felt like this was my last chance, if you like. So that was why I kept going and kept going and kept going. If this business failed, would I really put myself through it again? Hmm. So, so, yeah, psychologically, you were putting yourself in that place that this will work because if this doesn't, I'm not sure if I can do it again. It had, it had to. It absolutely had to work. Well, it's worked, hasn't it? It's worked very well. It certainly has. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't, change, so, wouldn't change the trajectory yeah. for anything. It's been great. So uh, at the end of every interview, we ask the same questions, which are inspired by the US TV show Inside the Actors Studio. So these are just for a little bit of fun. Um, so are you ready for your questions, Brett? I'm ready. That was very serious. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> it, it, oh, it's a bit, actually a bit marginally scary, actually. <laughs> um, okay, what's your favourite smell? Um, apart from our deodorants? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> is that too cheesy? Uh, yeah. Smooth. That was smooth. I say this almost every episode. This is now my most uh, my fav- most favourite question for, for lots of reasons. We have American guests on who don't really understand the question and we have other people on, uh, you know, some people who are perhaps in health or fitness uh, that will deny that they ever take part <laughs> in this, but secretly we all do. So what's your favourite biscuit? Okay. I'm going to add some controversy to this question, if that's okay. My favourite biscuit, despite what the courts say, is a Jaffa cake. Oh, yeah. See, (laughs) we've not had that as an answer yet. And then that is a real bone of contention, isn't it? Is it a cake? Is it a biscuit? The the courts said it was a cake. Oh, really? Did it actually go to court? You're joking. It's not a cake. It was something to do with VAT. 
I think uh, biscuits are not bettable, mm, but I seem to remember this. Actually. Biscuits are not bettable, but cakes are something like that. I can't remember now which way around it is, but they are officially cakes. Oh, that's interesting. However, they're so, I could. They're so not. They're so a biscuit. <laughs> I I could eat a jaffa cake like a biscuit and destroy a whole pack. Yeah, I I, I think I think that debate's never going to go away, is it? Because you know it's kind of it, it could be one or the other. Uh, you can have soft biscuits, but you can have hard cakes. That's true. <laughs> so if heaven exists. What would you like God to say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, if I arrive at the pearly gates, I would like God to say, see, that wasn't all that bad, was it? Well, thank you very much, Brett. It's been, certainly been an interesting um, story, understanding how you've grown over the last five years and obviously showing that it's possible to do with, a, a, as you say, an awful lot of hard work. Uh, if, you've, uh, if you've got a great product uh, and uh, you put in the work, then you can certainly make it grow and uh, it all power to you. It's, a, it's an amazing story. So let's find out how people can try your stuff and find out a little bit more about the Natural Deodorant Company. Give us a few plugs. Okay, so you can find us at our website, naturaldeoco.com. That's naturaldeoco.com. And you can find us on all the social medias as well. Um, if you prefer not to buy online, you can look on our website and go to the Where to Buy page and you can find all of the other retailers that we're in. Uh, Holland and Barrett is probably the most uh, commonly uh, available for those of you in uh, around the country. And um, yeah, hope you enjoy it. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. It's amazing. I love talking to people like that who have got a real growth in a very short time. So from that little idea and that little experiment, they bear in mind they didn't know what they were doing in their bathroom. <laughs> Can't believe I just said that. <laughs> wrong. Um, so they were playing around with this. Uh, that's the wrong way of putting it as well. <laughs> no, start again. <laughs> so they were experiment. No, no, there's, there's, there's no right way of saying it. There's no good way of saying it. <laughs> So they're making deodorant in their bathroom and now they've got a product in major stores in the UK within five years. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it just goes to show the perseverance and the grit involved with developing um, a new product. And in five years, that is, yeah, really impressive. And then they had to deal with that huge bump in the road as well. I mean, you can't get much bigger bump in the road than a marriage breaking up. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. So to go through that as well... And come out the other side with, you know, what they have is, is incredible. It is pretty incredible. And some interesting lessons that other, hopefully other businesses can learn. So if you're thinking about launching a product or you've already got a product and you want to upscale it and you know, wondering how to go to that next step. Yeah, so hopefully some interesting things you can learn from Brett there because he's done it. And you know, he's openly said it's not easy and it takes an awful lot of hard work and you learn as you go. Yeah, uh, important, I think, to realize that when you make mistakes and things don't go your way which does happen and will happen and happens quite a lot um, is to learn from those to move forward you know they're not necessarily a negative thing to happen I think they're a positive thing to happen because then you know what not to do next time so at the beginning of the show we mentioned about big little business show bingo and uh, I think Brett mentioned a few things that were ticks and boxes I didn't quite get house but I came close you did you did yes there was there was quite a few things that's like wow that's come up again so we'll have to we'll have to do a list I think of this so every week we'd like to end the show by 
by talking about or mentioning a company that has been talking to us on social media, come and bumped into us on social media, or listens to the show, we give them a little bit of help, give them a little bit of free promotion. So who are we talking about this week? Uh, I'd like to big up the Essex Spirits Company. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> so, What's the website? I'm looking it up. So the website is essexspiritsco.com. EssexSpiritsCo.com. Are you old enough to drink alcohol in your country? I certainly am. Are you old Click enough? Are you sure? Oh, it's gin as well, Claire. That's that's well, that looks good. Um, they're Chelmsford first operating distillery. Um, so they produce locally distilled gin um, and carefully crafted spirits, and they were founded in 2020. Oh, so they're a brand new company, and they're making gin. Essex Citrus Dry Gin. Um, and what I really loved about this actually is the first 99 bottles that they produced, they numbered. So people could actually purchase a piece of gin uh, history. <laughs> I like the way you did that. Blimey, I, bet, I wonder if they're going to use that in their campaigns. Buy a piece of gin history. Yeah, I know, that just came well, out. You can have that one for free, by the way. <laughs> so if you want to go and find out and get one of those numbered gin bottles, Essex Spirits essexspiritsco.com that's the one or you can also email them at ginfo at essexspiritsco.com brilliant that's a nice way to wrap it up with a bit of gin like that and that's the end of the show so thank you for listening hope you've learned something today and don't forget to come and find us on social media we're on Instagram we're on Facebook and we're on LinkedIn too just search for Big Little Business Show and I'm sure you'll find us and come and check us out on the internet too uh, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk where you can get some notes on today's episodes and check out all our podcasts episodes of which there are quite a few now oh and one more thing whichever platform you're listening to us on don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you get future episodes directly into your listening device and make sure you leave us a review too because that helps the biggest up in podcast land so until next week say goodbye claire bye-bye you've been listening to the big little business show with paul mumfords and claire horsley You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel networking production. I was actually going to ask you if you were still drinking that wee stuff. I've, I've drunk it all so I'm actually cultivating some more now. Well I hope it tastes better than it looks, that's for sure.